Thank you for tuning in. This is the Fit Minute Podcast, where we talk all things health, fitness, and lifestyle. And now for the show. Welcome back. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Don Moxley. He is the Director of Applied Science at Longevity Labs, Inc. He is the developer of HRB, HRV Plus uh, from Mode Method. Welcome to the show today. Thank you, Gabby. I'm excited to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about what we're talking about today because I don't think a lot of people know what we're talking about or understand it. Um, But first, what I'm going to have you talk about is you. So tell me a little bit about yourself, who you are, and how you got into uh, HRV or heart rate variability. Uh, Let us know who you are. So my background, I'm trained as an exercise physiologist. I've, I've taught university for almost 35 years. Uh, But while I teach, I've always kept a foot either in industry or in high performance uh, settings. Um, And uh, so, which has run from, like I said, teaching at a small college in Western Ohio, all the way up to where I was the first paid sports scientist for the Ohio State University athletic program, working with their wrestling program. So um, my background is I, I was a former athlete had every intention when I went to college, I had every intention of going home and feeding beef cattle for the rest of my life. Grew up on a big farm in Eastern Ohio, uh, but fell in love with human physiology as I had to solve my problems and my inability to compete. I had to figure out what, why was I getting hurt? What was the problem? And um, I tend to turn everything into an equation, you know, solve for the variable that's causing problems and, and fix that variable and move on. Um, so that's my background. And again, I've taught for about 35 years. Um, in 2015 to 18, I, like I said, I was a sports scientist at Ohio State. I actually left that job to go work in the cannabis business in Florida. Um, there was a, a series of events that connected me to that. It was a blessing um, and learned a lot. And we can talk more about that as we go. But then uh, with one of the guys I worked with down there, we wound up uh, connecting with this company called Longevity Labs. Uh, it's a it's an Austrian company that works in the longevity space. And we launched this brand that we're talking about today called Mode Method and uh, our product called HRV Plus. So that's kind of the quick background. So... Before we get into HRV plus, why don't you describe a little bit about what heart rate variability is so we sure. can tell you know people who are listening what it is and explain it a little bit more. So you're starting to hear more about HRV. Companies like Aura Ring and Whoop and Apple's talking about it, but what heart rate variability is, it's the difference in times between heartbeats. So if your resting heart rate is 60 beats a minute, you expect a beat every second, beep, beep, beep. But as you are more fit and as you are more recovered, there's more variability in that. So instead of being beep, 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 it it winds up going beep, 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 beep. You still get 60 beats in a minute, but it's variable. Now, what that tells you when it's highly variable, it tells you that your system has recovered, that you have resources to deal with stress with. Um, so that's the higher HRV numbers. And then, and then listen, the right, the right before you die, your heart rate variability will be zero. Um, 
So you're always working to move away from zero. Um, and anything that you can do to improve HRV, which by the way, fits a lot of the things that we talk about. If you exercise, you become more fit, you'll improve HRV. As you improve your diet, you'll improve HRV. As you sleep better, you'll improve HRV. As you're exposed, exposed to healthy light, you'll, you'll improve HRV. So there, there's all these healthy things that we do that influence this parameter. I, I kind of feel like it's, 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 the, it's, the, it's the check engine light of humans. Um, you know, when you're out driving your car, you don't think much about it. I mean, you, you see the speedometer. You really only see the speedometer when you see flashing blue lights in the mirror. But the rest of the time, you're really not paying attention to it. But you're driving your car, and all of a sudden, that red engine light, check engine light comes on. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I need to do something here. I need to get engaged. Well, HRV can be that, that kind of a tool. It's If it's too low, you want to work to get it up. And then we used it with our wrestling team at Ohio State. We got to where we could use HRV for diagnosis of problems. If I had an athlete that was struggling, we could use HRV to go back and figure out what the problem was. I could use it for exercise prescription. Are we training too hard? Do I have more room to train harder? Things like that. We got to where we could use it for selection. That the last year I worked with the team, we qualified 10 guys. We qualified our whole starting lineup for nationals. We had eight All-Americans, a school record that year, but the two guys that would not make All-American... I could have told you who they were the first day of the tournament before they wrestled their first match because they didn't have enough stored. They, they weren't prepared for the amount of stress that it takes to win, to win five matches at nationals. So this is where HRV starts to come into play. It can either be a great feedback tool for athletes and coaches, or it's a great feedback tool for humans. I mean, you know, when I'm trying to make a decision is what I'm doing, you know, letting me optimize and maximize myself. You know, I'm not an athlete anymore. I turned 61, you know, a couple of months ago. I don't, I don't necessarily compete anymore, but I still like to train. I still like to do those things. Um, and you're constantly trying to move that number up. So when we talk about the importance of HRV, we're not just talking about necessarily for performance in, you know, competition. We're even talking about performance in daily life or recovering from stressors. I, I mean, like we, you know, we were discussing earlier, you know, the stressors of, you know, thousands of years ago was yeah, something chasing you. Our stressors right. today are bills, jobs, you know, something on TV or a scary yep. movie or just anything, anything today is a stressor. So we even need to be recovering <laughs> from those things constantly because we have constant stressors all the time. Uh, so what really interested you uh, and how do you kind of relate, you know, heart rate variability to all of those things? Well, we have all these things that go around in, in life around us, okay, that if we don't manage it appropriately, it becomes uh, a stress. Um, it, it becomes distress because there's things that we do that are stressed that are positive. They're you stressors. Like when we exercise, that's a program stress, but it provides a benefit. Um, mm -hmm. and, and so when we're doing this, so when I'm, when I'm working with my athletes or if I'm working with just anyone else, when you go exercise, we expect HRV to drop, but with recovery, we expect it to come up, super compensate and get better. Again, it's that indicator. You know, one of the things we struggle with Gabby is that 
I personally believe the fitness business has failed, okay, in general. And the fact that I've been in it since 1986. I started managing the first club I managed in 1986. And and nine out of 10 people, when they walk into a fitness facility, their goal is to lose weight. It has been always, it's the worst goal in the world, okay? It, it, we've, we've failed millions of times. So the question is, why are you walking in? Why are we doing, what's the motivation? What's the scoreboard that I can use to see, well, HRV is one of those key performance indicators that you can use to say, hey, these decisions I'm making in my life are leading to beneficial results. If I'm getting off my phone earlier at night, I think light is a nutrient when done correctly. But like any nutrient, I mean, I can have some honey and it tastes good, but if I have all the sugar in a bottle of Coke, it's it's toxic, okay? So nutrients can be both uh, formative or toxic. Light can be formative or toxic. Exercise can be formative or toxic. The question is, what am I doing and what is my indicator for moving the needle forward? And HRV winds up being one. You know, one of the nice things about HRV, we got to the point during COVID, we could see someone with a COVID infection two days before they became symptomatic because of a drop in HRV, a rise in respiration and a rise in body temperature. That was one of the one of the key, one of the hallmarks of the wearable technology back then. When I was working with my wrestling program, we had a couple situations where um, I um, we, we, we could travel with 16 guys. We had 10 guys wrestling, but we could travel with 16. And it, we, when you travel on the weekend, you usually have two matches, one on a Friday, one on a Sunday. And um, on two occasions, I said, we need to bring two guys at this weight class because our starter spiked his HRV crash that day. I knew he was going to be symptomatic for the flu. This is before COVID. I knew he would be symptomatic for the flu by Saturday, and we needed to have another wrestler there. So HRV can be, can be very predictive in many ways. And again, it's that tool that we use, Gabby, for deciding, am I making progress? Do I need to adjust? What's in? And you can combine these wearables with things like sleep monitors and things like that so that you're getting good feedback on the behaviors, exercise, food, sleep, light, um, and, and, and give you feedback. And, and, and the scoreboard says, hey, good job. Yeah, I find it interesting that you did bring that up. And I, you know, I've been in the fitness industry about 15 years, I, but obviously, I mean, only working in the fitness industry, but it's been a part of my life, my entire sure. life. So sure. since, since, you know, the, not since the eighties, cause I was born in the eighties, but uh, it has been a part of my life and I've seen the fitness trends and I've seen all of these things. And obviously, you know, we see so many things uh you know in media now with the way media is and it still to this day focuses on weight loss and i think that that what you brought up and the point that you brought up is very fascinating because there's so many things that are to our detriment because there are so many markers like you said that are so much more important than just a number on the scale. Uh, you know, I had this conversation with a friend of mine who her and I both weigh 150 pounds at five foot four. And, you know, by BMI standards, that's heavy. That's right. not, that's not good. But by the standards of, 
you know, what, how much body fat we have, how much muscle mass we have and, and all of those, like she's in way better shape than I am. Uh, but you know, we don't, you would never look at either of us and say, yeah, they, they weigh 150 pounds because of how we exercise, because of how we, we work out because of how we take care of ourselves because of how we eat. So it's, it's just, it's the, it's very interesting, the markers you have. And when I work with clients, you know, how I, how I try to really work with them is to say, you know, it's not always the number on the scale. It's not always the weight loss. How do you feel? You know, are you, is your A1C going down? Are you walking better? Are you able to sit in a chair? Are you able to move better? Are you able, are you feeling better? Does your back hurt? Does your neck hurt? Are your joints in less pain? Uh, Are all of your numbers on your, your blood tests better? You know, those are things that are more important for your longevity. Those are things that are more important than necessarily the number on the scale. Obviously there are, you know, you do want to see, you know, a little bit lower number on the scale when it comes to it, but, but it's not the end all be all, right? That depends on the individual. Okay. This is, this is really important. And this is where Mm -hmm. I go back to. So I had a fitness facility at one point in time, a very high tech, and I said, I want to come up with a definition of fitness that people can relate to. And we def- and listen, you ask 100 fitness professionals what the definition of fitness is, you'll get 99 answers. Two Absolutely. people will agree. And, and I, said, I said, my people are coming to me for advice. So we, we define fitness as the physical capacity to enjoy the life you're given. Okay. No one takes a picture of their scale and puts it on Instagram. Okay. It's, it's that's that's bullshit. No one hangs that picture on the wall at home. But when you the question is, is how are you going to define yourself? Again, I look I can see the picture over your shoulder. It looks like a vacation picture. Um, if you look at the pictures around my house, it's all family. It's things like that. Um, again, I'm I'm I've moved into I, I think of life in three thirds. You spend the first third of your life learning. You spend the second third of your life in service to others, and you spend the third third of your life for you. Now, my wife and I, we have a daughter who moved out January 2nd a year ago. She went and got a coaching job. She was up at Northwestern. I looked at my wife and I said, we're done. Um, She's not coming home. She's got a real job now. She's got a college degree. She's moving on. We don't need the house that we lived in. We bought when she was born. We bought the house for her. And when she moved out, I was like, I don't want to live here anymore. Um, but we, she and I started our third third. Now, I tell people, I, I've coached some amazing athletes, Olympic medalists and, and pros. And, and gra- my favorite coaching job ever was my daughter's eighth grade field hockey team. I love that. That was my favorite ever. I can't wait to coach my grandkids and my grand nephews. And I want to be, you know, four years ago, I got a chance. My nephew had qualified for the Florida state high school wrestling tournament. And at the time I'm 58, 59 years old. And um, I got to go down and work out with my nephew as he prepared for the state tournament. 
I want to do that with my grandkids. I want to be that 80-year-old guy that can still teach and still lead and still do that. Those are the pictures I want. I want to see a picture of me training kids to wrestle in another 30 years. Um, so purpose is important. Okay, purpose is critical. But you're exactly right. We, we, we have this obsession with the scale. Einstein said it. Just because you can measure it doesn't mean it's important. And not all things that are important can be measured yet, but I think we always strive for that. Um, and this is where HRV comes into play. You know, I, there's, a, there's a really good book that came out a few months ago. It's called Outlive by Peter Atia. Uh, and Peter talks about medicine 1.0, 2.0, 3.0. Medicine 1.0 was essential, essentially Hippocrates saying, hey, if you move more and you eat better, you'll feel better. And then we had the onset of microscopes. We started to understand germ theory, things like that. That's medicine 2.0, where we're living right now. But so much of medicine is about treating symptoms on an organ base. It's, I, I, I also, there's a, there's a really good psychologist at the University of Penn, at Penn, University of Pennsylvania, his name's Martin Seligman. And Martin was the president of the American Psychological Association. And he said, when he was president, he said, why is our business around bringing people from minus 10 to zero? Why aren't we doing things to move people from zero to 10? And this is where you start to see the onset of positive psychology and mindset and these great things. That's what, that's what came from Martin. Well, this is where I think lifestyle and medicine needs to be. We're getting ready to move into medicine 3.0. What? Listen, Gabby and Don Moxley are different. We're genetically different. We're, we, we're environmentally different. You may respond to things that I don't. I may be able to go carnivore and you're vegan or you're carnivore and I'm vegan. You may be cardio and I, you know, there's, there's all these things. The question is, what is the marker you're using to measure your progress? Because as you, and this is medicine 3.0, this is going from zero. You know, we don't engage with our healthcare system until we drop below zero and we become symptomatic of something, yes. which is too yes. late. Um, but if we want to work from zero up, we have to get some indicators to say, okay, am I making progress? And this is where HRV comes into play. It's one of those great indicators. I think there's three big indicators that I use. I use HRV. I use power at threshold. How much power? You know, most exercise machines now report wattage. Um, my Peloton bike does it. My Concept2 stuff does it. It's all got wattage on it. So I always want to be working out. So at a given wattage, my heart rate lowers. I raise the level, I get fit, my heart rate lowers, I raise the level. That's the adaptive process. Um, power at threshold is an important measurement for me. Um, so uh, HRV, power at threshold, and, uh, and, and resting heart rate. Resting heart rate is a great, as resting heart rate is dropping, nighttime resting heart rate is dropping, you know your VO2 is going up, you're getting more fit. But we get so obsessed with scales and VO2 max and things like that. And, and I just don't think the average... I don't think it'll work. Um, there, there's issues to go with all of them, but certainly no one takes a picture of their scale and puts it on the wall. Do things that affect the pictures on your wall. That's what fitness is about. Um, and that's kind of where I operate from. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree. I mean, that you that's such a good point because like you said, I, I 
everyone is genetically different. I mean, we all have skin and bones, we all have the same muscles, and but we are all genetically so different. And what you react to, or what autoimmune diseases I may have that you don't have, or what you know, what sensitivities one person might have or doesn't have, or what irritable bowel or whatever. Right. We're all so different that it doesn't necessarily mean what works for some one person will work for somebody else. So we have to be understanding of that. You know, it's not like carnivore diet is going to work for everybody or vegan is going to work for everybody. And we all have, you know, it's one of the, I always have this conversation with my dad. He loves to bring up um, like the Alaskans who feed for how many hundreds and hundreds of years off of whale blubber and meat because it's all they had to eat and they survived for how they didn't have vegetables right you could they didn't have it they fished that's it you know so you bring them bread you bring them sugar you bring them other foods and now you bring them disease you know, so it's that is that is something that they have evolved over how many hundreds of years to be able to live off of. Exactly. So you have to understand that that there are certain cultures and certain peoples that eat a certain way and live a certain way, and that genetically is going to pass on to people of that in different parts of the world now because we all are mixed up all over the world right so you know but um i wanted to i wanted to get back to what you said about living to be you know 80 and and with your kids and how that connection between hrv and longevity and performance works so what do you believe that that um with hrv plus as well so how is that connection with hrv um does how does that work with longevity and performance well it affects it when when you take a look at the research on hrv there are so many disease states that are that are associated with lower hrv so we're starting to figure out as hrvs listen we know hrv drops with age no two ways about it it happens um but we also know there's things that we can do to raise hrv and again we know that when it goes to zero you know say goodbye um, but, um, but, um, but that's, that's, that's part of the process. So constantly working to move that number up is one of the things that you can do in this medicine 3.0 environment. It's one of those key, it's one of those key, one of those key indicators, key performance indicators that we do. So I'm constantly trying to drive that up and it's motivation for me. You know, listen, I start, I, I started wrestling when I was in the fifth grade, um, I start. I really started training for wrestling in 1976. Okay, that was when I was a freshman in high school, and I've been exercising and training ever since. When I finished wrestling uh, back in 1985, I had to find some other place to pour. You know, because I trained to compete. Well, I don't compete anymore. Um, so the question is, what's the motivation? What gets it? What's my purpose? Well, my purpose now is to be, a, you know. A, a radical grandfather at some point in time. Um, it's to constantly be a great uncle. It's constantly be able to position where I can help people. You know, that's my purpose. Um, and along the way, my wife and I are doing really fun stuff. We live in an RV and we travel all over the country and we're seeing amazing things. You know, we were in Yosemite in uh, in February 
um, when we pulled in, we we're in a campsite just outside the park. When we pulled in, green grass, grass covered grounds. It was beautiful. It was nice. Um, but then we got hit with 50 inches of snow in a week. Um, and I had to dig our rig out. I, I got a shovel and I had to dig us out in order to get out of there. Um, otherwise, it's life threatening. If you're not in a position to be able to respond to these challenges of life, it's life threatening. I'm not interested in having my life threatened by a snowstorm. Um, I want to be able to do these things. I want to be able to move these things. And, and it's, listen, it's a challenge. Um, as you get older, it takes a little bit more work. You know, I had a knee surgery a couple of years ago that I got a MRSA infection from, and I was very ill for about 90 days. Um, you know what? I think I got through it because of probably my physical status and some good medicine, some things like that. But it's I'm constantly working my way back from that. So it's that vision for down the road. Where do you want to be? What pictures do you want to put on the wall? These are the kind of things. And and I'm nowhere close. I have a lot more walls than I have pictures right now. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do, right? <laughs> so explain to me a little bit about how HRV Plus uh, came about, uh, why mode, mode Method came up with it, and um, how it helps. Sure. So, so I... I when I was at Ohio State, we were doing a lot, and, I, and we already talked about it, you know, the fact that we could use HRV to diagnose, to prescribe, and to predict. Um, I was getting, um, I've always worked in wearable technology. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a geek that way. And a friend of mine that I'd worked with with a company in New Mexico had moved into the cannabis business up in Oregon. And he sent me a note. He said, so what do you know about HRV and cannabis? And I'm like, I don't know anything about it. So I started to do some research. And it was interesting. I'm like, okay, there's something here. I did not know about this thing called the endocannabinoid system. It's part of your central nervous system that we discovered when we started researching cannabis, but it's part of your central nervous system that basically drives your ability to respond to stress. Um, so I, I got an opportunity to move into cannabis and learn about this. So I moved to Florida and did a head dive into the deep end of the pot pool and um, started learning. And it was amazing. Gabby, we work in the exercise industry. Okay. One of the big benefits of exercise is you produce an endocannabinoid. You produce a molecule called anandamide. It's called the Zen molecule. Okay, that's the benefit of exercise. I think the other benefit of exercise is you produce a molecule called BDNF, brain-derived neurotrophic factor, which catalyzes learning. Okay, kids who move more learn better. Humans who move more learn better because of BDNF. People who move more have more anandamide. They deal with stress better. Okay, this is this is where we learned about this. So. I'm like, okay, this is interesting. And then we take a look at it and I'm like, wait a minute, it looks like HRV is a direct measurement of this endocannabinoid system status. Well, I was living in Florida. My wife and daughter were living back in Ohio. My apartment in Palm Beach, the kitchen looked like Breaking Bad. I mean, I had beakers and, and, and the whole thing, you know, scales, and I was figuring out cannabis. Um, and it turns out there are molecules in cannabis. We're, we're probably used to hearing this thing called CBD, cannabidiol. It's, it's a good molecule. Most people don't take nearly enough for it to be effective. But the precursor to CBD is what the plant creates called CBDA, the acid. This molecule 
binds to many more receptors than CBD. And then there's the, the plant also produces what's called terpenes. And these terpenes, you know, essential oils are terpenes. Um, and the, and the, they, they can be very beneficial. So we have another, there's another product that popped up. It's called beta-caryophylline. Um, it is incredibly effective in this endocannabinoid system. Now, we combine that with the number one driver of poor HRV is inflammation, okay? So the more inflamed you are, the lower your HRV will be. Well, we know that if you want to improve inflammation, omega-3 fats are really important, DHA, EPA. And so we've combined into HRV Plus a combination of cannabinoids, uh, CBD, CBDA, beta-caryophylline with these omega-3 fats. And we just did an open-label study. We just closed the first cohort of this. We saw across the board 10% improvement in HRV in a month. Um, saw 23% improvement in quality of life measures, sleep report. So the we we were using um, feedback from wearable tech uh, for HRV. It was good. Our sleep parameters were not as good, but you cannot fix HRV without fixing sleep. If you're struggling to sleep, this is where HRV plus really comes into play. It really moves the needle in that space. As your sleep improves, you learn to recover better. You'll get better HRV. And this is what we see with the product and where it came from. Wow, that sounds amazing. Yeah, I think I think a lot of people do struggle to sleep. I think uh, stress is a big, big factor when it comes to that. I think that, um, you know, sleep is hard. It's hard. And we have it's a, a hard it's a time. Process. It's a process yeah. and you can optimize the process. There's really good people out there that understand sleep. We work with a lot of them. Um, we've got a lot of them that are using our product now to help with this process. Again, if you have anxiety, okay, let me take a step back, Gabby. If your body is dehydrated, what signal does it give you that it, you need to hydrate? That you're thirsty. Makes you thirsty. If your body needs energy, what signal does it give you to get energy? I don't know. What <laughs> makes you hungry? Oh, okay. Yeah. Makes you hungry. <laughs> yeah. So what is anxiety? Okay. Well, I would contend that anxiety is your body telling you to move. Okay. Because we know when we move, we produce anandamide, the endocannabinoid. We know we produce that. That can then go in and improve nerve. We know that cannabis improves nerve conduction and nerve performance, this is where the anxiety comes from. So this is, the, again, set sugar aside. Everyone thinks, oh, my kid's losing their mind because they got too much sugar. You know, your kid's probably losing their mind because they're not moving enough, okay? You've got them stuck in a room and they're banging off the walls, okay? We are, we are animals that evolved to move, okay? And because, and again, because of our environments, we don't necessarily, you know, when I was, a, listen, I grew up on a farm daylight to dark, we were out of the house and we were working. Okay. Um, I went to grad school, so I didn't have to throw hay bales for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> you know, but we were never healthier. We had a two acre garden. We were working all day. We were strong. We, it was, it was wonderful, but, um, but I didn't want to spend my rest of my life on the idiot end of a baler. Um, so I fell in love with human physiology and went down this pathway. Well, it turns out 
you know, if I want to live a long time, maybe I need to get back on the farm. Maybe I need high quality food. Maybe I need high quality movement. Maybe I need that good food so that when I go to bed and I put my phone aside, I fall asleep and I sleep well at night. And, and you know what? I feel healthiest when my skin is brown. Um, and I'm not as brown right now as I normally am. My melanin is a big deal. And when mm -hmm. I am expressing melanin in my skin, I feel great. So that means my light is good. Um, I'm not saying take in light to where you burn and it's toxic at that point, but take in light, smaller doses, get your melanin system working, get your skin, and then you can take in more light and more light. You know, we used to spend all summer on the on the back of a tractor, and I was as I was as black as the frame that you see in the picture behind me. I turn black in the, when I'm in out there doing that. But um, but you know what? In the absence of light, and I can only imagine what my HRV was back then. Yeah, and sleep is also when we recover. It's our recovery. You so if fix you, HRV without fixing sleep. You cannot, you if you're not sleeping, you are not recovering from stress. You're not recovering from your day. If you're exercising but still not sleeping, you're not recovering from your exercise. You're not recovering from okay. any of it. I'll tell you, you a know? cute story. One of the wrestlers I first started working with, when and his HRV was really low. This is when we figured out. We started doing all the things. I started, he was working too hard. I had to modify his work levels back. We had to do some changes in food. He was not a good, he was not eating well, but uh, we would wire him up. We had a device called a first beat and I could wire him up for like 24 or 40 hours straight. And um, first couple of nights, I look at this and I said, um, do, are you living with your girlfriend? And he says, yeah. And I said, here's what I need you to do. I need you sleeping in your own bed. And th they're like, what? I said, listen, I said, uh, you know, a, a 20 year old's brain is optimized for to reproduce. And if you're in bed with a partner and that partner rustles around, your subconscious says, hey, get on that. Um, and you, it's it's evolutionary. So so depending on sleep, you know, there's a thing that's called sleep divorce where couples are learning to sleep in separate beds. This is not a bad thing. We're not saying don't have a relation. In fact, it helps relationships in most cases. And with my athletes, I've got some really cute stories about this, but my athletes, I used to, I had to sit down and say, listen, I need you guys sleeping, not going at it all night. Um, I, I said, get your, get your business done and go get in your own bed. Um, so, so yeah, and it moved the needle on guys. It made a difference. I believe it. I believe it for sure. For sure. So if people need to or want to uh, recover better, feel better, sleep better, just feel better overall and live longer, uh, how can they find uh, HRV Plus or so Mode You'll Method? go to our website called Mode Method. ModeMethod.com is what we call it. So M-O-D-E-M-E-T-H-O-D.com, ModeMethod.com. And um, you can order it right there. Um, and uh, if you have questions, you can reach out to our customer service. If you need to talk to me, you can get to me. Um, you can follow us on social media, Mode Method on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you follow Don Moxley on Twitter, you know, I'm doing Twitter. It used to be where I'd put a lot of information, but that's such a Twitter. Who knows where that's going right now? But um, but you'll find me on LinkedIn and Instagram. So reach out. If you have a question, reach out. Um, 
I accept most requests unless you're like, you, know, you have a nice profile. I would like to meet you kind of a thing. I'm not <laughs> yeah, don't. turning those off from now on. Um, <laughs> I don't accept those either. <laughs> yeah, I've, I, you learn. But um, so, yeah, you can find us on social media, Mode Method on in all, in all the sites. And, um, and if you have questions, just let us know. Sure, definitely. I'll have all those in my show notes as well. So uh, if anybody's interested, I'll, I'll post those in the show notes so they can find that. Is there anything else, any words of wisdom or thoughts that you wanted to leave our listeners with today? Well, no, I think, listen, at the, at the end of the day, it's so easy to get trapped in my existence right here. And, and, and don't get me wrong. I'm all about being present. I'm all about, you know, you know, listen, stress only exists. I had a good friend, Dr. Ron Garbo, he's a teammate of mine. He says, stress only exists when, you, when you're contemplating regret of the past or fear of the future. Okay, that's when you're, but as long as you're present, all of that is gone. And I believe in that. And I, in fact, I use meditative tools. I use meditative processes being present. But at the same time, you got to figure out where you're going. What is the place that you're going to? Um, you've got to have that. You've got to have that purpose. Why are you there? Why do you wake up in the morning? Why are you making this money? Why are you doing what you're doing? And as that, you know, I wound up having to create a personal mission to deal with this. My personal mission is helping individuals understand changes to alleviate suffering and contribute to the betterment of all people. That's what. That's why I wake up during the day is to help with that. Um, so, so as you work your way through life, I know it can be hard for some people, um, but um, those are, you know, stay present and keep that, keep that, uh, keep that, that mountain on the horizon. Yeah. And just do the best you can. That's all, that's all we can do, be, you know, and, and be compassionate to not just others, but to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's because after all, you're, you're number one, right? You got <laughs> to be compassionate to yourself and, and live the best we can to live as long and healthy as we possibly can. Sure. For sure. Well, Don, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We really appreciate it. Gabby, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity and you're doing good work. Keep it up. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. And uh, if you're interested in learning more about HRV Plus, you can find him on modemethod.com. And uh, yeah, if you want to find out more about that, you can find more podcasts on destinationfitcations.com. And we will see you all next week.